Welcome to the Biohacking Superhuman Performance Podcast. My name is Natalie Nidham. I'm a nutritionist, a human potential, and epigenetic coach, and I created this podcast to bring you the latest ways to take control of your health and longevity. We cover it all, from new technology to ancestral health practices, personalized interventions, and a very special interest of mine, peptides. Enjoy the show. One last thing before we get into the episodes, folks, is our sponsor. Our sponsor this week is Primadine. Primadine is spermidine. It is a food-based supplement with an extremely high safety profile that halts six of the nine hallmarks of aging. It is the purest on the market with zero fillers and a formulation that also supports the endogenous production of spermidine, our active ingredient, through a prebiotic. So the only ingredients you will find in this beautiful capsule are defatted concentrated wheat germ extract. They've removed the fat so to avoid any chance of oxidation of that fat because these are very delicate omega-6s. So in this case, it's better just not to have them all together because they get damaged so quickly. Um, and a fructooligosaccharide to selectively feed specific bacteria in the gut biome. For those of you who are into this kind of thing, these would be the fuso and bacteriides bacteria in the gut biome. And that's it. That's all you get. No excipients, no fillers, none of that, none of that stuff. Um, and what's also incredible about primidine or spermidine in general is that not only do you get all the amazing under the hood benefits of DNA protection, folding of proteins, autophagy, and, and more, you also get the visible results. And people will find after a couple of months, usually, I mean, almost always, I, I'm actually amazed at the number of people, men and women who report this, that their nails are stronger, their hair is thicker and fuller, and their skin looks amazing. So if you decide that you would like to try this for yourself, you will want to go to primadine.com, use promo code BIONAT15. So that's B like Bob, I-O-NAT, N-A-T-1-5-15. That'll give you 15% off your entire purchase. And that promo code can be used over and over again. Thanks for listening. And if you decide to give it a try, don't forget to let me know. Let me know what you think. All right, guys, enjoy the episode. Hey, guys, welcome back to the Biohacking Superhuman Performance Podcast. I am so excited today about my guest. I met her, um, I met Lisa Patel-Killa, I don't know, Lisa, like six months ago now, and I discovered- Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I discovered Lisa- through a member of my Facebook community who actually came across your summit. And so a little bit about Lisa, and then I'll tell you about the summit that my, my um, member told me about. So Lisa is an FDNP. She's a practitioner of functional diagnostics, which ultimately bridges the gap between clinical nutrition and functional medicine through the FDN Institute in the States. She's also, and this is what we're gonna be talking about today, guys. She's also an HTMA practitioner, HTMA, hair tissue mineral analysis practitioner, and part of a consortium of mineral experts, as well as the co-founder 
of the HTMA Virtual Summit, that very thing that led me to you, um, that hosts an annual event bringing education on mineral balancing to practitioners as well as the general public around the world. She's a longstanding member of the Association of FDN Professionals, as well as faculty member of the Institute of Holistic Nutrition, my alma mater, educating students and graduates on mineral balance and HTMA testing through her continuing education course. But Lisa, this is not enough for Lisa. She is also the founder and CEO of Vicon Supplements, which includes multiple divisions, including Vicon Performance, Vicon Customs, based on HTMA science. And this is this part that I got really excited about when I first went to your website, which we'll talk about it. Vicon Pets and Vicon Equine. So it's safe to say that Lisa leaves no man behind. Um, she's a health and wellness and fitness advocate. She is... Let's just say that Lisa is also an Uber athlete. Um, she is the acting director with the Canadian Kettlebell Alliance, as well as the Canadian representative for the World Kettlebell Sport Federation, North American Commission, and of course, a kettlebell athlete herself. So welcome, Lisa, to the podcast. It is such a pleasure to have you here. Oh, thank you, Natalie, for that intro. And thanks for having me. I'm just so excited to always be able to share any education or knowledge I have um, and hoping someone has one of those aha moments and, uh, and learn something new. Well, I have to say that um, I had a bunch of aha moments listening to your summit the first time. Around. So it's, um, you know, I think that the world of mineral balancing is a very complex world. And I think when we first met, I told you that I'd had this ex experience with HTMA where I had a consultation with a practitioner um, we'd done the hair tissue mineral analysis. We snipped the hair off my head, did that whole thing. I had like this crazy little regrowth off the top of my head forever. <laughs> my hairdresser was like, what the hell did you, what's, what's your, what did you do there? Anyway. And so then, which then entailed this consult and me buying, I don't know, let's pick a number, 30 different single supplements and then having to get one of those pill chopping mechanisms because I was taking at one point an eighth of this and a quarter of that and a tenth of this. And it was, it was epic. And I probably was able to stick with it for a week. And then I was just like, you know what, this isn't working for me. You know, and I was talking with actually someone we both know, Jean-Francois, Tremblay from CanLab. Oh, yes. And he'd been through the same thing. And we were like, there's got to be a better way to supplement this stuff. And then I came across you and I came across your site, Vicon Supplements, where you custom blend these mineral rebalancing protocols based on the individual. And I was like, oh, my God, somebody needs to bring this out to the world here. <laughs> this is so anyway, so that's that was part of my fascination. Let's back up the train and let's talk a little bit about what got you here. How, you know, like you're the kettlebell queen, but what got you to the place where hair tissue mineral analysis is your jam? Yes. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I started off, I've been a business owner for a number of years, um, restaurateur for about 25 and I opened my last brick and mortar restaurant in 2009 and went through a major burnout. Um, we opened in a depression, basically, right? Economy was coming down and everything was hard. I, you know, I probably put in 
for the first two years, I probably worked about 14 hours a day, seven days a week. And by the end of that time, (laughs) everything was falling apart. I was iron deficient. I was B12 deficient. I had all these issues. I was estrogen dominant. So I mean, just years of, of health issues that I just wanted to dig to the bottom of. And, and, and so, and that's what led me into the industry of health and wellness um, just over a decade ago. And, uh, and I, I've never looked back. And so when I got into uh, studying functional diagnostics and functional medicine, I really, you know, I did all of the testing. Cause one of the things with me is I never want to talk about something, promote something, or even suggest something to a client if I haven't done it myself because I have to know what it feels like or what the answers are, what things look like. And I have to go through it. So I've been through all of those and kind of about four, I guess about four years into um, my practice, I kind of stumbled upon HTMA. Someone had suggested it to me. And one of the things I was dealing with for years was estrogen dominance. Mm -hmm. I just couldn't get my hormones under control. Like I knew there had to, and I was doing everything right. And my diet was right. My supplementation was correct, but I just couldn't kick it. And, and I was suffering from that constantly. And so after discovering HTMA and going through my first um, review with Dr. Uh, Rick Malter, who's one of the pioneers of uh, HTMA research, right? Four decades now. Um, and I found out that I was copper toxic. So I had a buildup of bioavailable copper in my tissues and most likely my liver and things like that. And that's what was hanging on to all that estrogen. Yeah. And so it really was that test that that changed the, the course of my path in life. And, and that's what I really... That's why HTA for me, it's, it's that first critical screening tool, right? Because minerals really are the underbelly of, of how we're functioning and if we're going to be functioning optimally. And then all those other diagnostic tests might follow, depending on what you're suffering from, because there may be more digging that needs to be done. But I, I truly believe, and I know a lot of my colleagues do as well, is that that is the, that, that spark plug, right? Dr. Henry Schroeder told us years ago that minerals are the spark plugs of life. And that's, I truly believe that. So, and that's, that's really what brought me here. So for the past you know, five years, I have been diving into every nook and cranny and rabbit hole <laughs> of minerals and mineral balance and trace supplementation and additional therapies that you can possibly imagine. And recently have implemented them with uh, peptides as well. So I'm now integrating that into the minerals because, you know, uh, we talked about this. We've talked about this many times. Jean-Francois and I talked about this too, just with regards to minerals help peptides. And I think peptides on the other end help mineral balance as well. I think there's a lot of correlating there with regards to the optimal functioning of the body. Absolutely. I think also the bioregulators would be really interesting because, yes. uh, you know, because they just, if you start to normalize the function of these glands and, and particularly, I guess, in the case of minerals, like, and frankly, tissues and all that kind of stuff, um, the minerals, the glands, the tissues, the organs, it's, you start to, they, as you just said, they help each other. Like a dysregulated thyroid could be dysregulated in part because of a mineral imbalance. But if you help to also regenerate yes. the, the gland at the same time, and you're introducing the right minerals and removing, and, and that's something I want to talk about as well, getting slowly displacing the things you don't want, right? Because yes. I think that one of the things that people really sometimes don't don't capture is and i i want to back it up a little bit i want to talk about 
using hair as the tissue for establishing mineral balance Mm -hmm. and imbalances of other things that you don't want in the body. But a big piece of this whole, of the work that you do that I find so interesting, nature doesn't, nature, we say, abhors a vacuum, right? So receptors that are a home for something are going to fill up and the body is going to do whatever it needs to, to hack. So if you're reintroducing a mineral that you know needs to be replenished, there's probably something holding its spot somewhere. And you've that that whole process of removal of what you don't want and clearance with the replacement of what you do want, which is going to now be functional, is that whole process, right? And that, that's what I find so interesting. So let's back up a little bit though, as I'm yammering along here. <laughs> using hair as the tissue, because this is super controversial. Like people are like, no, you need to be looking at this. Others are, no, you need to be looking at that. The mineral, you know, um, toxic. And we're talking about really imbalances in the body in large part. So I'm going to stop talking. Talk to me about (laughs) So, so the hair tissue really is a great source of a biopsy. And I mean, really, when we're talking about the hair, it's a storage site. Right. So it's a storage site for minerals, for deposits, and it really gives us a bigger reading. So when we talk about blood work, for example, blood, blood always wants to be homeostatic, right? It's going to push, pull, drop, you know, whatever it needs. It wants to stay balanced. It's, it's kind of the last to know, right? So when we're looking at a hair biopsy, (laughs) right? The last to go, the last to know. I love that. And, and so when we're looking at a hair biopsy, we're seeing what's happening kind of in that three, four month period prior, right? What we're being exposed to, if there are loss patterns and, and what some of those levels are and potential toxins, right? Toxic metals. Right. And th- there's a couple of things. I want to mention two things that sometimes um, can be misinterpreted. And this is why, you know, we created the summit, for example, for a lot of the practitioners that are getting into hair tissue mineral analysis. So they understand some of the more intricate interrelationships because you can never take one mineral alone and analyze it as is. You have to look at its antagonists, its synergists, what else is happening? What are the other levels? And so when we're talking about minerals and you made a really good point with regards to the body letting things go and one there's two things that happen one is that we're looking at those individual mineral levels and that oh magnesium is really high well if magnesium's high is that mean it's actually high because there's over supplementation mm-hmm. or is it a loss pattern because there's elevated tissue calcium and magnesium's coming out of the cell in order to help ionize that calcium in the blood right, right. So there's, there's a lot to consider when we're looking at any of those elevations uh, on a test. The other part of that is, is a lot of practitioners will dive right into detoxification. You have toxic metals. Oh my goodness. You've got aluminum. You've got mercury. Let's say you've got some cadmium and they're looking at detox. How can I detox these things? Well, you're right. The receptors will be filled up, but not always with what the body actually wants to be on those receptors, right? So if someone is zinc deficient or has elevated zinc, which means they have an intracellular loss of zinc, so the body is deficient, even though it looks elevated in the hair, we could be sequestering cadmium or mercury in replacement of that zinc in order to do a chemically similar job on the binding receptors that would normally want zinc. And what does that do? 
speeds the aging process, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. When we're fueling our bodies with toxic metals, we're fueling that aging process to speed forward even faster. Nobody wants that. Nope. <laughs> Nobody That's wants fine. that. No, we're all about it. We're all about healthy aging here, guys. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So that's why mineral balance always has the nature of mineral balance is to give the body what it wants and needs so that it can let go of those toxic metals that are doing that chemically similar job. Uh, and that's the, the first step is we're replenishing those vital nutrients that you're missing. That I love that. So is it enough? So when I, okay, so let's, when we look at the results of somebody's HTMA test, mm-hmm. and this is, this was what was really interesting to me because when I was at school, I remember saying, oh, this is going to be easy. I just look at what's high, what's low. And then you just supplement with the stuff. And all of a sudden it's like, oh, it's so not easy um, because, <laughs> because it's about ratios. And what I found fascinating yeah. is the couple of times. And when I did my reading with you is you saying something to to me like, oh, Nat, look, your ratio of, and I don't remember exactly what it was now because it's been a while, but let's say mm-hmm. the ratio of two things, this ratio is off. So your adrenals are actually struggling or, you know, the zinc and copper ratio. We know that this is a ratio that's super important for it to be in the proper amounts relative yes. to each other so that the body can function properly. So, Can you talk a little bit about some of these ratios that indicate Mm -hmm. um, functional issues, let's say, and, you know, so you've got someone in adrenal fatigue, right, who has these signs of low cortisol and whatever, and they're taking all these adaptogens, which is great, and trying to rebuild the adrenal glands, and yet if those, those minerals are not, and, and it's the salts that, that we see getting out of balance. If the salts aren't properly in proper ratio, you're just, you're kind of spinning your wheels a bit. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that brings us back down to that underbelly I mentioned, and that's exactly right. So, so yeah. So, I mean, there's seven main ratios that we look at uh, on the HTMA test. And so we've got the metabolic ratio. It tells us if the body's operating in a fast or slow oxidation pattern, fast relating to sympathetic dominance, right? That fight or flight slow relating to parasympathetic that rest and digest so that's one next one is your stress ratio Mm -hmm. and i want to mention this move on and come back to it because this is the most important ratio and this was the ratio that was originally discovered by dr paul and of course dr david watts um, who are the original uh, 1970s kind of bring forth htma into the world at more of a mainstream level and, and then we also have our thyroid ratio, right? So mm-hmm. healthy, healthy tissue calcium can block thyroxine, right? So slows the thyroid down. Potassium sensitizes the cells to thyroxine, so it speeds the thyroid up. There's a lot of things with regards to certain minerals that are related to those specific gland or glands or systems. Then we have our hormone ratio, right? Our zinc to copper. We have our adrenal ratio, which is our sodium to magnesium. Okay. And then we also have our... Yeah, sodium to magnesium. So again, yes, sodium is critical for adrenal function. That's why a lot of times, you know, you get up in the morning, you know, great liver tonic and adrenal beverage in the morning is your warm water or hot water, just hot enough that you can drink it all down at the same time or or close to with your half a squeeze of lemon and, you know, your quarter teaspoon or half teaspoon of Celtic gray sea salt, which is my fave packed with minerals, you know, enough sodium to get your adrenals going in the morning. 
support your liver detox, great way to start the day. Yeah. Um, but you definitely need that sodium in order for your adrenals to function properly. They need that. Um, and then we have our infection ratio that we look at, which is our um, uh, iron to copper, because those are both related to virus, bacteria, microbials, things like that. And we also look at blood sugar, right? Calcium to magnesium. And so those two minerals, of course, each mineral ratio, the two minerals are important for that particular system in order to operate optimally. Mm -hmm. And so going back now to the stress ratio, I want to talk a little bit about um, Dr. X's work. You know, it's interesting to me when we're looking at the stress ratio, and I think this is such vital information when it comes to assessing any uh, patient or client, and that is because everybody has a different tolerance for stress. So mm. even you and I, right? Maybe yeah. I, I have a to-do list this long and I'm used to it. And I'm like, no, that's not stressful. I have a to-do list with this long every day. I'm good. You know, but somebody else could have one this long and it's stressful, right? Everybody has a different tolerance for stress. And so the interesting thing, when we're looking at that, that stress ratio, which is your electrolytes, your sodium, to potassium ratio, right? Those are your two main electrolytes. Sodium supports the adrenals, potassium supports the thyroid. So when we're looking at that ratio, we can actually assess someone's stress level. And this is where Dr. Hans Selle, he was actually uh, the creator of the Canadian Stress Institute way back in the 70s or 80s, I can't remember exactly. And still around, like the Institute's still around today, but he had different levels of stress. So as we get into that intense stress pattern with that elevated sodium to potassium ratio, that's where someone's in an alarm stage of stress. Right. And when we come down and the potassium starts to outweigh the sodium, right? Now we're getting into an inverted ratio and that person's moving into the exhausted stress stage. So now we're in burnout. And so those, that level of stress is... Yeah. So that's where exactly. the just can't Exactly. Yep. So that's where the adrenals, because you have to think when we get into that intense stress pattern, we've all been there. We have an acute stressor. We're being chased by a bear. We got to start running, right? We're getting in flight or fight. Boom, start running. But ideally we want to come back down into balance. Yeah. So we're stress resilient. But what happens now is we get up into this level, that intense stress pattern. And guess what? We're staying there and we're staying there. We're staying there. And again, everybody has a different tolerance. Some people might be able to stay at this, this high level for a month or maybe two months. Maybe someone can stay there for a year. But eventually, if that stress doesn't start to come down, guess what? The functionality of your adrenals and your body in general is going to start to come down because you can't drive a car with a pedal to the metal without running out of gas. Yeah. Love it. Absolutely. Right? It's just a matter of how long. So, so that, that's why that ratio is so, is such a key um, ratio to look at when you're assessing someone and how to be able to support them properly, depending on what their actual stress level is. But now they're not telling you, right? When they're telling you what their stress level is, it may not always match what's really happening inside the body at a deeper level. Mm -hmm. Well, and I think that that speaks to a very interesting point when you were talking about people's different people have different tolerance for stress. And I think as coaches, and I know that you're a coach as well, this is where we start to work with people to help them to manage the effect of stress on them more effectively, mm -hmm. whether it's through breath work exactly. or meditation or reframing or which is a process, right? 
but helping people to increase their bandwidth, not so that they can live in chronic stress and get away with it, but more so that it takes more to get them to that chronic stress level so that they get, they get more wiggle room, if you will, there's a bigger buffer. So that's, that's actually really interesting. I want to talk a little bit also um, on the, on the, the estrogen issue, because so many women are being told, Mm -hmm. Oh, you're estrogen dominant. And I think that that's such an oversimplification, right? Because are you estrogen dominant because you're deficient in progesterone? Are you estrogen dominant because you're, you've got an imbalance somewhere else that is making it impossible for your body to find its own balance here? So can we talk about that a little bit? Because people just like, yeah. you know, we all run to, okay, well, I need to take DIM or calcium deglutarate or whatever, but what is it that we need to be shoring up at the same time or instead of, or before that we need to be paying attention to? Yes. And so this all comes back really to that, that term of copper toxicity, which really is just a a buildup of biounavailable copper in the tissues, the liver, and potentially the brain, because they will develop in the tissues first, they'll deposit the tissues first, move to the liver, move to the brain. And so copper toxicity really is an epidemic. And it's really been seen more and more in HTMA and in some of the research starting kind of back in that 70s, 60s, where we started using the birth control pill, Mm. right? Yeah. Soon as the body starts getting exposed to estrogen, it starts sequestering copper. And so when we're talking about the causes of copper toxicity and why it runs a little bit more rampant in women, but now we're seeing it in men as well, you are. is because of birth control pill, copper IUD, right? And those non-hormonal IUDs now that people are using. And honestly, out of all the clinical um, uh, patients in my clinical practice, I've worked with, with copper toxicity, when someone has a copper IUD, it tends to be the worst symptoms and the the fastest onset. Oh, there it's within six months, right? Whereas maybe somebody could take the pill for four or five years, you know, their adrenals start to burn out, what have you, but I'll go through the process a little bit with that. But yeah, the copper IUD really, because the body's just literally directly exposed to constant copper, the symptoms onset is a lot faster and the symptoms are actually worse in my clinical practice. I have a question about that. So is it, and so obviously it's not enough for someone to be supplementing with zinc to offset that extra copper, right? Like it's just, it's just like this onslaught of copper. So that's part of it. And that's part of, and again, we have to be very careful with Mm -hmm. zinc. And so just track a bit when we're talking about that exposure and that potential buildup of copper. Again, when we're exposed, the body can't deal with it all. What happens is in very simple terms, because there are many steps involved, but very simply what happens is copper is, is referred to as an excitotoxin. Yeah. And so an excitotoxin that stimulates the adrenal glands constantly. So that's why one of the main symptoms of copper toxicity is your mind is racing, but your body's exhausted. Right. Yeah. So you literally, so a lot of people have insomnia, a lot of women have insomnia, they can't sleep at night because yeah. their mind's just racing because that copper is stimulating their mind. And, and so when we get into that perspective, eventually copper will burn out the adrenals 
right? Yeah, so if we're taking the birth control pill for 10, 15 years, whatever it is, over the course of all those years, your adrenals are struggling and struggling and struggling. And, the, and now we're in burnout and we're going through all these things. And now we have adrenal dysfunction, and chronic fatigue and all these things associated with it. But not only that, now we're estrogen dominant because mm. the more copper that's in the body, the more the body wants to produce estrogen and vice versa. And so we really need to think about kind of supporting those systems that it's starting to burn out. And the other thing with regards to that too, is that a lot of people who have that buildup of bioavailable copper end up having iron deficiency anemia. Copper toxicity is actually one of almost in the top five of what promotes iron deficiency because the adrenals help the liver produce ceruloplasm, which is a protein that's needed for copper metabolism and to make copper bioavailable. And copper is needed to make iron bioavailable. Mm -hmm. So if we have a buildup of bioavailable copper and a low ceruloplasm, guess what? Now we have a deficiency in iron most likely, but that's not the root cause. Supplementing with iron isn't going to fix the problem, right? Right, We have to get to the root cause of the problem, which is now that copper toxicity. And so to quickly touch on zinc, Zinc is a copper antagonist. And so when we do have copper buildup, normally we'll have a zinc deficiency or a zinc loss as well. But we have to be very careful when we're supplementing with zinc because a lot of the supplements on the market are going to be anywhere. You're going to see them. They're going to be 25 to that 50 milligrams, which is a really big dose of zinc. Oh, yeah. And if you were to give 25 or 50 milligrams of zinc to someone who is copper toxic, they're going to have some major herxing reactions and some really, really bad symptoms. Because now what that's ha- what's happening is the zinc is going to be pushing that copper back into the bloodstream. And if we're not taking anything to bind to some of that copper and to help with those symptoms, we're going to go through something called copper dump syndrome. And that copper dump syndrome can be debilitating, right? Fatigue, nausea, vomiting, diarrhea, you name it, it can cause all of it. So we have to be very careful with, again, how we're correcting someone who we've determined to be uh, copper toxic. But not only that, if we if there is constant exposure to even copper pipes, if they're using copper cookware. Right. Now I see everybody and I don't have one, but I'll, you know, if we're doing video, we'll hold this up. But, you know, a cup, but the copper cups, the, the yeah. Moscow mules, everybody's drinking out of those copper cups. It's great, but if you keep doing it and your body can't keep up and we're, you've got adrenal issues now and all this other stuff, eventually that copper will start to build up in your system and cause problems. Yeah, and you're seeing these copper cups coming out of people studying Ayurvedic practices. And I think, you know, it's so interesting because, and I know that there were people in my Facebook community asking about these copper cups. And I was like, mm-hmm. I need Lisa to answer this because, you know, I've spent enough time around you to know that the answer is going to be, it depends. And it's not for everybody. Like some people, it may benefit them to get that copper, but you're saying for a lot of people, it's going to be too much of a good thing that they really don't need. And, you know, and then it's also, I'm sure going to depend on what is it you're putting in that cup? Because if it's acidic, is it not going to leach more of the copper out of the, the metal somehow? Uh oh, I like I feel like that's true. Yes, I I would tend to agree with that. Yeah, I mean, um, oh, for sure. I'm just speculating. Uh, just be, yeah. 
Me too. Yeah, but I, I think that it makes sense when you think about aluminum cans, if they're not lined and they've got, you know, the tomato, that extra acidity from a tomato or something like that, they break down faster. So it does make sense. Again, just speculation, but, uh, but yeah, and you're right. It, it, again, it depends. And that's why I always think like, you know, I have so many clients where they'll just, they'll do an HGM every six months, every year, just to change up their supplements, make sure their body's getting exactly what it needs. And then we can see if there's anything coming out. And one of the hard things too is, is that so when Trace Elements, which is um, one of the labs that I use, uh, when they did a study of about 2,000 um, test subjects, they found that 80% of them were slow oxidizers. And so what happens over the course of our lives is we're all born babies and babies are all fast oxidizers. So they have, they're in that fight or flight, they're under stress. They got the lights, noises, sounds, all these things that they weren't exposed to right in the womb. And so they go through that, but their bodies are operating very quickly. They're all new, right? Mm -hmm. um, but as we age and as we have stress and trauma and, and things we go through in life, we eventually, some of us move into that slow oxidation pattern, which is quite, seems to be quite normal in this day and age with what we're being exposed to. And so we have to consider the fact that when we're in that slow oxidation pattern, a lot of times people will have that elevated tissue calcium, but again, it can come from that, that elevation in biounavailable copper. And so when I talked about now we're seeing it in more men, is that a lot of people don't realize that when we have toxic metals, they are transferred into our fetuses in vitro, right? So in during pregnancy, if you have someone who, you know, it has toxic metals, sometimes it's better to, to try and like, if they're already moving them, you know, keep them going because otherwise they're going to end up in the baby. Right. So that's what we're seeing now is that we're seeing more men because of course they're transferring during pregnancy. And so slow oxidation is interesting because a lot of practitioners make a little mistake here if they don't understand the role of that uh, oxidation rate fast and slow is that a lot of times on a slow oxidation test, if they, somebody comes up as a slow oxidizer, which has to do with calcium and phosphorus, they may not show any toxic metals, right? They, you may not see anything on that toxic element chart, mm. but that doesn't mean there's nothing there. What it means is their body isn't strong enough to be letting any of it go, right? right. And so a lot of times you'll see on a first test where someone's a slow oxidizer, you know, they've got depleted a sluggish thyroid, they've got depleted adrenal function. And then all of a sudden, six months later, right, I was there too. And all of a sudden, six months later, after we start mineral balancing, and we start supporting the adrenals and the thyroid and everything that we need, all of a sudden, all these toxic metals start coming out, right? I've been mineral balancing for almost six years, I've dumped copper two or three times, I've dumped strontium, barium, beryllium, cadmium, mercury, aluminum, like I've all of them. Right. And so, I mean, I grew up in Sarnia, which is in chemical Valley. So hence why I probably had all these um, toxins buried in my tissues. And over the course of all those years, the body literally prioritizes and says, okay, right now we have enough energy to get rid of the copper. That's the most important thing. Mm -hmm. Ooh, okay. Copper's got copper's almost gone. Oh, you know what? There's mercury here. I think that one needs to be next. Right. Nice. Yeah. And we let the mercury go and you see those levels come up and down, um, as the body starts to, um, get rid of them. That's interesting. So you bring up an interesting point with the binders when, mm -hmm. because you want to be taking binders when you're doing these protocols to pull what you don't want out. So what's the timing like? Because, you know, on the one hand, you're taking 
you know, these, these amazing formulas that you put together, which are a total game changer, right? So we did my hair tissue mineral analysis. You create, I'm a slow oxidizer. What a surprise. Um, <laughs> I mean, I did my Dutch. Like, isn't everybody? No. I mean, kidding, I think a lot we're, of people, We're not all, but. We are, but, they, but you well, know, a lot my, of people are. my cortisol curve is very low. So that tells us my adrenals are not exactly at the top of their game. My thyroid function is a little low. Again, it's all very, um, it's, it's all very kind of obvious, but so we're bringing all this stuff in. So how, how important is the timing of when you take the binders? Because if I take my binders, you know, like, I think this is, this is an, an interesting thing as well is we want to split these things apart because I mean, the body's smart, but the binder is binding. So. <laughs> yes. So we have to, we have to be careful of what binders and this yeah. is where, you know, there are many to choose from. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, when we're talking about binders, you know, we have a biotoxin binder from Cellcore. That's a great one. Um, we also have, you know, humic and fulvic acid, right. Always a good choice. You know, we've got diatomaceous earth, which is great for parasites. We've got uh, bentonite, montmorillonite, which is great for uh, absorbing bacteria, especially clostridia, things like that. Yeah. Um, zeolite is really great for mercury, for cadmium, lead. And so there's different binders. We can use multiple binders if someone has a lot of things that are coming out. And the most important thing ultimately with binders is to make sure you're taking them at least an hour before or two to three hours after you're taking any other supplements because they'll bind to them, right? Yeah. If you're taking your, you know, your diatomaceous earth or whatever, and you're taking it at the same time as all your minerals, guess what? You're not going to get much out of your minerals because right. it's literally going to go straight through, right? So we, that's really the most important thing. And so between meals, again, you know, I take mine and, and I'm the type of person too. And I mean, another great binder too is um, a modified citrus pectin, right? Great binder right? Picks up all of that, that negatively charged ions. And we have to be careful, I guess, with environmental toxins is what I'm talking about, because every single day we're exposed to toxins. The air we breathe, you know, could be the water we drink, depending on we're drinking from a well, you know, whatever the case might be every yeah. day we're breathing in toxins. Our body has to deal with it. And if we're under chronic stress, we need to make sure that all those toxins are absorbed and excreted so that we don't have them sequestered in our body or right. sticking around. And so I'm the type of person, me personally, I'll take a binder every day for the rest of my life. It's mm -hmm. not going to be the same one. I'm going to rotate and I'm going to whatever, but I'm always going to take a binder because I just think that for optimal functioning inside me to help with everything I'm exposed to every day, I think it's critical. That's amazing. Okay. So that, I mean, binders are so, I mean, such a fascinating topic, right? So you just named, I don't know, five different binders. You didn't mention activated charcoal, which I want to ask about. Um, but so are you saying basically that there's, you're going to use different binders depending on what it is that you're moving, or is it a smarter idea just to take combinations of binders and rotate them at different times? Just cycle through, like I cycle through peptides. You might cycle through different binders. Yeah. So I, I really suggest binders based on what the client's symptoms are and what they're dealing with. Okay. And so a lot of that'll come back again to some of those buried metals, um, because zeolite, a really great zeolite is a spray. And so the zeolite can be kind of one of those extra binders, right. That can yeah. be used with another binder to be able to bind to that copper, the 
you know, cadmium, mercury, things like that. So that can be kind of a top up binder. And, uh, and when you're looking at the kind of base binders, again, pectisol C is great. That's that modified citrus pectin, which really helps, um, you know, helps the aging process, helps cellular function. It helps all of that. And the only thing you have to be careful of with um, pectisol C, modified citrus pectin sometimes can aggravate uh, the GI if someone has SIBO, small intestinal bacterial overgrowth. So yeah. it can cause bloating. And I know for me, I do have a little touch of, of SIBO. And so I tried pectisol C and I bloated. And I'm like, okay, I'm not quite ready for that yet. So it's in the yeah. cupboard. I'll use it later on, <laughs> you know, but just not quite right now. Um, and, and I mean, diatomaceous earth is great, especially so diatomaceous earth uh, will help to lower cholesterol or blood pressure. It also rich in silica, one of the, you know, great mineral support for the body. Yeah. Um, just microscopic diatoms. It helps to kind of massage through the GI tract in order to break up some of those biofilms, cut through parasites, things like that. So if someone has parasites or we think they may have parasites or they're showing, you know, signs of something like that, and we just want to do a general cleanup, then that's really good. And it also helps with constipation. Diatomaceous earth really helps the bowels move and regulate. Yes. Okay. I have a question for you. So on the diatomaceous, or so I bought diatomaceous earth a couple of years ago. Mm -hmm to sprinkle on my dog. Oh yes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> because as a, you know, to please fix yeah, fleas, that yeah, kind of stuff. Fix, yeah. So is that the same diatomaceous earth I would take internally? You have to ensure anything that you purchase that is a binder. Yeah. So whether it's bentonite clay, uh, I like bentonite montmorillonite because it's a powder. I find when you use the clay, it clumps. And because it's an absorber, if someone is constipated, it makes the constipation worse. Oh God. So I yeah. always say, yeah. yeah. So you have to be careful with that one. You got to get the right kind. Um, so that's a good one. Um, but all of those, basically you need to make sure they're food grade, okay, right? So that's you're good. not going to take, you're not going to drink diatomaceous earth that you put on your flower garden to keep the bugs away or something like that. Yeah. Right. But you can use the food grade to do the same thing. It's just right. going to be more expensive. Right? right. So you have to make sure you're getting the right thing. And one of the most important things with binders is we have to watch for the, the, uh, what do I want to call kind of that over air, right? When we're mixing and we yeah. have a little bit of dust, right? Yeah. Even especially diatomaceous earth, it's small diatoms. Oh, yeah, if it's we're breathing that in, right? We want to make sure we're not breathing in any of that kind of vapor that comes off of that. So that's why I put mine in a small little mason jar. I put my water in, I put my lid on, I shake it, and then there's no, nothing to worry about mm -hmm. with mm -hmm. regards to, to breathing anything in at that point. And that goes for most binders too. Okay, great. Now, Thank you. I didn't answer activated charcoal. Yes. And so, charcoal. yeah. And so, I mean, activated charcoal can be used, but it seems to be one that's kind of being brushed off to the side and replaced by biotoxin binder uh, from Cellcor. And so that's something new to the market. That's that fulvicumic acid. Mm -hmm. um, and that seems to be, it, it seems to keep more oxygen in the system and so help to absorb, but also keeps the system just a little bit healthier because activated charcoal will bind to everything. Yeah. Right. Well, so it seems to be one get... that's kind of on the way out. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I always have activated charcoal with me when I'm, you know, when I'm traveling, you get that traveler's diarrhea. Of course. It's a beautiful yes. thing. That mm -hmm. in your Saccharomyces Boyardi. Yeah. It's the one-stop shop. That is a must. Always, 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 always. Yes, yes, and yes. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. And, well, so they and all really important too. 
Yes, they do. They all have their place. And again, depending on what you're dealing with, there's going to be one that may work a little bit better at that time. And, you know, or you can stick with one. I mean, really the options are open Mm -hmm. for me. Again, I just think that being able to have something that is gentle on the system that doesn't strip your vital nutrients and that you can use every day to be able to deal with some of those environmental toxins. I think that's the key. Yeah, no, that's good. And as you said, so rightly so, like we're all exposed every day. So to some degree, giving the bodies and, you know, our bodies are built to detoxify. It's just that, you know, the loads are increasing so much as we go that there's only a, there's a threshold, right? Yes, so giving exactly. it a little bit of a hand. OK, yeah. so there's a couple of other things I want to cover before we we let you go, Miss Lisa. Um, so one, so this is on the topic of copper. Mm -hmm. I recently had someone come to me, um, who had some pretty significant health issues. She had, you know, um, connective tissue disorder called EDS that's genetic. Mm -hmm. She'd had, um, oh, she'd also been floxed. So she'd taken this antibiotic that had made a mess of her connective tissue, the whole nine yards. And she had come across a protocol that used a peptide that we both know and love um, called GHK Mm -hmm. CU. Now GHK is this, it's an incredible peptide for um, upregulating collagen production in the body for healing tissue, but also it, you know, epigenetically, it has a huge impact on the genome. Having said that, so you can buy, you can get GHK on its own, but GHK needs copper in order to be active and activated and do all the things that it does in the system. Mm-hmm. And so this protocol that this person was following was for six months, she was using GHK already bound to copper daily and said that in the beginning stages felt so much better. And then all of a sudden yeah. it's like she turned a corner and after doing all the studying that she did felt that she had become or was displaying symptoms of copper toxicity and, and the neural, the, the, she was talking about the, a lot of the cognitive issues that you talk about with copper toxicity. So what are your thoughts on that? Because I was saying to her, look, maybe move away, obviously move away from the GHKCU, maybe think about using GHK without the copper. Could it help? to maybe use up some of that copper, but I don't also think it's going to move the copper out particularly. It only uses it to activate. So it's not moving it out or moving it in. So I was just wondering, yeah. like, do you have any thoughts on this? Because it's, it's, this is relatively new, right? It's going to be new to a lot of us. What do you Yeah. Think? And so this thought? is a, this is the first time I've heard of it. Um, but just kind of kind of looking at it from, you know, just from that, that eyes of, of that bioavailable or bio unavailable, I should say, build up is, you know, in the, in the initial, you have to remember is that when someone is copper toxic and they have that elevated bio unavailable copper that, that isn't bound, right. That the body can't utilize. We're also going to be copper deficient, which is going to bring a whole host of symptoms. You're going to be, it's a double-edged sword, right? You're going to be toxic and deficient. So now you've got both sides of the, of the symptoms, right? Mm-hmm. And so, so when, and, and I mean, copper is really important for ATP production. It's important for energy. So if we all of a sudden give the body something it needs, it goes, whoa, okay, I feel better. 
But if we're not fixing the root cause and that underlying, because chances are, you know, we've got some adrenal insufficiency, most likely, right? If we've got that bioavailable buildup. So now we've got the adrenals not functioning great. And as they start to slow down, all that copper every day with the whatever injections or whatever whatever she's doing, right? That eventually is going to start to build up. And then, hey, now we have another problem right? Mm-hmm. So it's, it's almost just like taking birth control every day and that estrogen or having a copper IUD every day where we're ingesting something that's completely uh, and directly exposing us to copper. Again, the body may love it at first because now it has what it needs for the energy, but if the systems around it that are needed to function aren't functioning in the right capacity, then we're going to have a problem. Yeah, that's so interesting. And as a matter of fact, when I spoke to her, she had already connected with Rick. Oh, yes. And Rick Fisher. Yes. Rick Fisher, who is yes. copper toxicity. Oh, and I was yes, one of the world's leading copper toxic researchers. Well, because as yes. the words were coming out of my mouth, you need to call Lisa. She's like, oh, and I found this guy, Rick. And I'm like, oh, well, perfect. You're fine. You're good. <laughs> you're good. Part of the you're same good. tribe. You're, you're in good hands. Oh, absolutely. And she was so relieved, right? She was like, oh my God, thank God. So anyway, yes. so I, yeah. it's, you know, it's so interesting that, you know, there's all these new things coming to us and they seem to have, and they are in many ways, so transformative and Mm -hmm. have such powerful impacts on the body, but you can't, you can't forget the basics, right? If you're going, and you know, people use it, like I use it for short periods of time here and there. And I typically only use the GHK. Um, But I'm just not a fan like you of just doing the same thing over and over again, because at some point you, you got to take a break. You got to step back. You got to give the body a chance to kind of, you know, tell you almost like tell you where, how are we, how are we doing? You know, have we fixed a problem or have we been band-aiding a problem? You know, is especially with peptides, which in theory are supposed to be there to upregulate a process of healing you should not need, in most cases, you shouldn't need to have it there on board all the time because you should be able to step away and almost have, you know, created that environment for the body to fix something. So yeah. for it to be yeah, a that's exactly effect. right. Um, okay, so let's, before we, we, we close off, I have two more topics to cover. <laughs> so one is, what are the signs and symptoms typically? And I, we've talked about a lot of this, but even beyond just the hormone imbalances, what are other signs and symptoms that you're seeing that would really point to, hey, we really have to look at your mineral balance, stuff like that. Like, I'll give you an example. Like my brother keeps injuring his, he keeps getting these crazy soft tissue injuries, right? He's now had both shoulders, both knees operated on over the course of the last few years. And so I had another practitioner say to me at one point, your brother needs to look at his zinc. His zinc is probably completely out of whack. And this is part of the reason why that and the fact that he does stupid things, but, you know, probably part of the reason why he's lacking some resilience in that. That's not possible. Oh, no, no, no. I'm sure CrossFit has nothing to do with any of this. No, no. Yeah. So um, in terms of like physical injuries, are you, do you, do you seem, do you see again, a pattern of certain mineral and 
and metal imbalances in terms of, of physical injuries, which would be an area that you're pretty familiar with, given what you do. Yeah. And so, I mean, a lot of it comes down when we talk about the most important minerals, when we're talking about the minerals, there's uh, a few macro minerals. And, and so when we're talking about the most important, we're talking about calcium, magnesium, sodium, potassium. Yeah. And so a lot of times when we're, you know, injuries, things like that, yes, chances are there's something in your foundation that isn't operating or isn't optimal. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and it's allowing, or, and I mean, you know, doing a little bit more than usual. Okay. Fair enough. You know, we're sore, we're whatever, but that's not an injury. Right. And, and a lot of those injuries, interestingly enough, come back to, you know, not only the dysregulation of certain minerals, but how do we fix those in order to make them stronger? And so very common is when, when a woman, especially women over the age of 40, and we're getting into that perimenopause phase is osteoporosis, osteopenia, right? So we need to exercise, right? We need to exercise. We need to to make sure, yes, we need to lift. We need to make sure we're keeping our, our muscle mass as much as possible. We need to make sure we're strengthening our bones, but we also need to make sure that our calcium isn't dysfunctional. Right. Mm -hmm. Because what do we get told? Oh, take calcium. You need calcium. You need calcium for your bones. But what happens when you, when your body isn't putting the calcium where it's supposed to be right Right. now, all of a sudden we have too much calcium. Yeah. We have too much calcium in our blood. Now our blood wanting to be homeostatic is pushing all of that calcium into the tissues because when it's elevated in the blood, it's causing major oxidative damage and the body's trying to minimize that damage. Right. Mm -hmm. And so it's pushing it into the tissues. Now we have arthritis. Now we have weak bones. Now we have bones that are going to be filled with strontium and potentially lead and things like that, which we don't want because again, what happens? We advance the aging process, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So using synergists and making sure that, that minerals are balanced is really the key to that foundation of, of again, healing, just like what the peptides will upregulate, right? But that foundation has to be there and zinc so common. And so some of the major symptoms that we see with zinc, especially in kids, because kids are notorious for being zinc deficient, right? And is eczema, psoriasis, skin conditions, rashes, right? All of those, do you think all the babies that have skin issues and eczema and and I I can't tell you how many times, probably at least twice a week, I talk to somebody who has the same, oh, my son has psoriasis. Oh, he has eczema. And I'm like, zinc, we need to look at the zinc. What does it look like? What, you know, what else is out of balance? Um, Because that gets burned up really quick. Yeah. And so, so yeah, I mean, ultimately that, if that foundation is strong, you know, shy of doing something completely ridiculous, (laughs) you should be okay. Right. You should be okay. Um, And that that's what it comes down to. Or at least able to recover from it. Right. Exactly. It's really about building your percent resilience into the system for sure. That's right. And you know, it's interesting about the zinc. Yeah. Yeah. And, and zinc is such a delicate one because too much is no better than not enough. Um, Hitting that sweet spot, but people forget zinc for immune system, for, as you say, skin conditions, um, stomach acid, your, your stomach can't produce HCL without enough zinc, right? You can't digest food. So, I mean, it's so important. There's so many, so many, um, avenues where zinc is important. Yeah. And yet you can't just go taking it willy nilly at the same time. So, Mm -hmm. all right. Amazing. Okay. So 
We could clearly keep going for days. <laughs> I have questions. We're going to do a week-long summit just talking about this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We're just doing the week-long podcast here. So Ed, I think what I'd like to do is I'd like to tell people a little bit about your summit, which is coming up. Oh, We're going to yes. release this podcast on Friday, June, one, two, three, fourth. Um, <laughs> and, and you're relaunching that HTMA summit on Monday the 7th. So why don't you tell people a little yes. bit about that, what it's all about, how they can get to it. I know that you're offering it crazily for free, at least for a bunch of time. And then people yes. can play the recordings. Yeah. So yeah, fill us in. <laughs> <laughs> yes, absolutely. So I'll give you a quick little rundown on the lineup. So last year, uh, Rick Fisher and I, who we touched on earlier, right, one of the world's co uh, leading copper toxic researchers, and I got together and said, we need to bring this information to the public. Oh, yeah. And we need to make we need to take what's in our heads, all the years of, of research and education and ideas and theories, and we need to get it into the heads of health practitioners that use H2MA in their practice so that we can help them uh, mm -hmm. with that education and that continuing education. And so one of the ways we decided to do that was to do a week-long summit. And so in our summit, obviously there's Rick and I speaking. Rick talks about copper toxicity. I talk about streamlining supplementation. And I also give a great webinar about canine HTMA, which right. I know many of you are going to go, what? Yeah. Right? Canine, feline, horses, we do it all. So I talk about canine and some um, common um, research with regards to canine HTMA. Um, then we also have Dr. Rick Malter. Again, 40 years of experience with HTMA used in clinical practice. He's a retired psychologist and actually used HTMA with children who had ADD and ADHD in order to keep them off prescription medications. So, he used mineral much balance. so much sense. Yeah. So he talks. Yeah. So he talks about the history of HTMA, gives us a little background. Dr. Robert Selig comes in and talks about zinc. So we were talking about zinc earlier. He has an hour long presentation all about zinc, its role in the stomach, use of HCL, creativity of there. And so great presentation. And then Kendra Perry and I talk about calcium shell. So again, that elevated tissue calcium, which can cause a number of issues um, and how to use iodine in order to combat. That is one of the protocols. We talk all nice. about iodine, which is super important. And so six one hour long uh, presentations, you can watch them at your leisure, launches on June 7th. You can watch them free until June 15th. So you have just over a week to watch wow. all the videos for free. And then, of course, there's a hugely great offer if you want to purchase them and you get not only the videos for life, but the slides as well. So if you want to be able to access the slides and the information, then you have that on file. Yeah. So tons of information there. Again, it's for anybody, health practitioners, general public. If you're interested in your health and what minerals are all about, then you definitely want to, uh, to dive in and watch some of those videos. I love it. And also there's opportunities to reach out to... I guess all of you guys, you all have um, programs course, or yes. um, you will work with, with, with people one-on-one -on, -one on their stuff. And I got to tell you guys, like as much as Lisa gave us information today, she is a deep well of information when it comes to this stuff. So I just, you know, and I think that, you know, going back to the beginning of this, the creation of Vicon supplements was so brilliant and timely because replenishing, rebalancing this in the body is, it's a big deal. And 
you know, the, the practitioner who I met with, it's not like he didn't know what he was doing. He totally knew what he was doing. It just was, yeah. it was almost impossible for me to execute. And I'm, you know, this is what I do. And I remember kicking myself yeah. in the head going, dude, you tell people to take supplements all the time. What do you mean you can't do this? And it was like, I can't do it. Like I literally, because this was just my mineral balancing stuff. Then there was all my other stuff on the other side. Right. Yeah. Um, so yeah. I just think that it's, um, it's such an, and as you said earlier, you know, we're talking about the spark plugs of the, of the body. We're talking about and we often, we always as practitioners, we're always looking, what is that foundation? How far upstream can we get in correcting imbalances in the system that's going to allow that body to do what it does better than any of us can do it, right? Like there's no, yeah, there's, nobody's been able to build a machine like the human body, but we need to get a few things out of the way so that it can do its thing ultimately. Um, so yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. And, and, you know, that's, that's really where, uh, Vicon came from is, is, you know, a few years ago in my practice, it was, it was really difficult. You know, it was like, here's your box of supplements. Here's your supplement protocol. That's, you know, <laughs> two pages long. Oh my and, they, God. and you kind of saw the deer in the headlights, like, oh my gosh, I don't know if I can do all this. Like I have to work and I've got three kids and I, and yeah. you're just like, yeah, you know, and, and I was like, oh my gosh, there has to be something easier and better, be than better this. way. And I mean, <laughs> Even for years myself, you know, with my big, but my husband always says, oh my God, are you going to take all that stuff? And I'd have my containers out and filling them all for seven days. So at least I didn't have to do it every day. It was done for the week, you know? Yeah. And I was like, okay, there, there has to be. And, and that's really where it came out of necessity because yeah. it was just like, okay, <laughs> how can we put something together that simplifies, you know, and I mean, ultimately in an average custom powder. And I mean, now we have uh, over 300 practitioners all over the world using our custom powders with their clients, which is amazing Yeah, um, because we only launched over a year ago, even though we've been beta testing for a few um, is, you know, it could be up to 20 or even 25 ingredients in one powder. Right. Yeah. And so you think about that. And I mean, over the course of a three month protocol, we're saving like up to 30 to 35 bottles of supplements. Right. So and just the bottles, I, <laughs> it's just the bottles environments, right? Like you're yeah. literally putting up, you know, you've got a protein powder jug full of your vitamins and we now we've eliminated 35 bottles of capsules yeah. or tablets or what have you and simplified your life like breakfast, lunch, um, and so, uh, so it's, it's definitely been a game changer and, a, you know, biggest feedback for us. And I mean, really makes me feel good with regards to the actual, you know, what we've created is, Hey, I can't believe it because my client adherence has gone up from taking their supplements from about 50, maybe 55% to almost a hundred. That's and that's a common across the board. Yeah. People are just like, Oh my gosh, it's so easy. You know, I, it's, it's simple. I don't have to, you know put my stuff in my things for the week and, and get all these pill containers and what have you. So it just makes life a little bit more simple. That's amazing. No. And also I just want to let people know that they can choose. I mean, it, you know, you have so, and within that customization, you still have even more customization because people can choose to get it as a powder with yep. 
like a fruity flavor if they want mm-hmm. that they can mix into water for yep. people who are taste sensitive yep. they can choose to have it as capsules, capsules yeah, so, absolutely. so you kind of have something for everybody some people are like don't give me another pill other people are like you know what? <laughs> a lot of people are like give me give me powder i'm like perfect and i yeah. mean we're always creating so you know we're launching a chocolate flavor next week which wow. i'm super excited about because i love and everything is natural we don't use any yes. artificial colors we don't use any artificial sweeteners we use as many organic uh, um, ingredients as possible. So all of our flavors and, and uh, any sweeteners are all um, natural, okay. which is uh, good to know too, because we don't want to have, we're not going to fill our mineral rich body yeah, exactly. <laughs> with things that are fake. So with red so number eight. And, exactly. Uh, <laughs> and okay. dye number two, four, five. Yeah, no kidding. Okay. So Lisa, how can people find you? How can people find the summit? And you've also generously uh, provided us with a discount code for um, yes. anybody who's listening here. Um, you can go so I'm going to let you give the, why don't you give the websites and where people can sure. go to find stuff. And then we can tell them Absolutely. about how they've got a special little tidbit here for them. Absolutely. So you can find us. So let's talk about the summit. So again, summit launches on June 7th. So you want to be on the list. So you get that email with the link to all of those videos free again until uh, 11 59 PM Eastern on June 15th. So you can go to htmavirtualsummit.com. You can also go on to Facebook and that's where you can sign up for our uh, mailing list to get that notification. And that's at HTMA virtual summit. And as well to find us, uh, you can go to Lisa Patel Killa, uh, L-I-S-A-P-I-T-E-L-K-I-L-L-A-H.com. And my team and I are happy to help anybody who's looking to bring their health to the next level. And if you use promo code NAT, that is N-A-T-10, then you can get 10% off your HTMA testing as a new client. And as well, if you visit our Vicon supplements page, Vicon sups with an S.com and use that same promo code NAT10, you can get 10% off any supplement from our retail website, including our pets line and our horse line. Amazing. And Vicon, you guys, is V like Victor, Y yes. as in yellow, K like Kansas, O, N as in, well, Natalie for one. Natalie. <laughs> Nancy. Uh, I think Nancy is the Nancy. Approved, I think Nancy is the approved word for the letter N. Kind of <laughs> for the letter Z in Zulu or Zebra or something. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, Lisa, thank you so much. I'm so glad we finally did this. We've been meaning to do it for a while. And when I found out you were re-releasing the, the summit next week, I was like, holy jumping, we need to get on this now. So perfect timing, perfect timing. Yes. Oh, thank you so much for, for having me. And, uh, and yeah, again, I hope there were some aha moments and uh, you know, it's always great to be able to share any knowledge that I can in hopes that, to make somebody uh, have something that they learn today and can move forward with that makes them healthier and happier. Amazing. Well, thank you so much again. And uh, I'm sure we'll do this again. And um, yeah, this was fun. Thanks so much for joining me on this episode of the Biohacking Superhuman Performance Podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please remember to leave us a five-star review on iTunes because that's what helps us to be heard and to be seen. If you'd like to connect with me directly, or if you'd like to leave any comments, or if you have any questions about this episode, please reach out to me directly through my website, natnidham.com. 
And of course, if you're not already a member of the Biohacking Superhuman Performance Community on Facebook, that's where you'll find me every day. It's a short application. Just answer a couple of questions and you're in and interfacing with other amazing biohackers. Thanks again, and we'll look forward to seeing you on the next episode.